Monday again. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of your favorite Muso podcast. We're your hosts, Jama, Hadi, and Dengone. And on this podcast, as you know, we share a microphone for fresh conversations on current affairs and women's realities beyond a single story. It's absolutely great to be back here again. We just wanted to say thank you for all the feedback that we've been receiving so far uh, for all of the episodes that we've put out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking this journey with us. And as you listen to this episode, if you have any thoughts whatsoever, feel free to share them with us on social media with our hashtag MussoPod. That's hashtag M-U-S-S-O-P-O-D. Um, so let's get into today's episode. This is what, episode nine? Wow. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe it? How are you guys doing? <laughs> I cannot believe it. <laughs> I'm, like I was telling Jama earlier, I was in the middle of my nap today and then I woke up and I was like, I really love this podcast <laughs> because there's nothing else I would wake up for. On a Friday afternoon. Hot Friday afternoon. To come and record. Yeah. That's the thing, he threatened us right from the start. When we put out our promo, he was like, just be consistent. I hope you guys will be consistent. Yeah, Habib. So... Yeah, but it's a good feeling. Um, how are you doing? How's your week? Uh, it was, it's been good. Like, it's been quite hectic, but um, mm. as expected. So I was really, um, I'm glad that I had earlier in the day to just decompress and watch my very typical horror shows on Netflix. And so I think I would call it a good day. Did you put any candy in any ice cream this time around? <laughs> no, but I do have a story. Look <laughs> <Okay>, at it. <laughs> yesterday, I was in the middle. I was really tired yesterday. Anyway, I was in the middle of praying. I forgot I had on contacts, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Why am I seeing so clearly?" <laughs> I swear. And I started touching my face. I said, "There's no glasses on my face. So what's going on that I can see?" <laughs> So you forgot now you had contact. I had a contact. Wow. And then right after that, I was just like, you know what? I should just go back to bed. <laughs> I think we should create a permanent segment for your stories on every episode because... <laughs> what did Paddy do today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how they have this, what would Jesus do? <laughs> that whole learning thing. So what did Paddy do this week? Yeah, that's the, that, that was... That was something I Gabby is really doing you. Mm. No, I'm sorry. I'm done for. Oh, yes. And today I locked myself out the house. Yeah, I forgot that's, about that's that. That's story number two. But yeah. We'll keep that one for the next episode. <laughs> How do you survive on a daily basis? Like, Have you found your life mentor, like the one that's separate from, <laughs> from everyone else? <laughs> I'm just gonna put this out there for anyone listening. If you have, if you are a life mentor or know someone who is, I'm looking for one. So please, 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 I'm, I need your help. Is Come it paid for me? Is it paid work? It will definitely be paid work because if there's one thing that we believe in at Muso is that everyone, especially women, need to be paid for the work that they're doing and they need to be compensated fairly. Give him the and, snaps. Yep. <laughs> and given that my life is a mess, you will be compensated very fairly. You probably make more than I do. And meanwhile, people are doing this work for free. The irony. Which work? It's not for free. <laughs> Someone block Ngone, please. Ngone, welcome. So tell us, Ngo, how have you been? I'm already exhausted for the week. Yeah. That's how I am. I'm already exhausted for the week. At this point, I just want to go to bed, stay there for the rest of the year, and just... I'm a sauna. Yeah. Honestly, I'm over it. I'm a sauna. That's think, how I'm doing. I, I need I a paid vacation, people. If there's yeah. any sponsors, any glucose, papa that's listening, I need a paid vacation. Oh, hold on, mama. Whatever. Yeah. Whichever yes. one brings the mama. Whichever brings the money. We swing all the way. We're flexible. <laughs> We're flexible with it. You know, and I can keep you company. Munala, Watana, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Work has been kicking my butt hard. Hard. And last night I crashed. I slept for 11 hours. Yeah. And missed our production meeting. (laughs) (laughs) We had a meeting scheduled for 8.30. 8.30. And you know, I set an alarm for it, but I didn't even hear the alarm. I set an alarm for 8.30 and I slept for 11 hours. I woke up in the morning in my work clothes from the day before and I was like, girl, you need a break. So I'm hoping to take a break very soon, you know, and yeah, run me the money. That's the thing. My body took what it needed and it's been good, even though I have a whole marathon waiting for me over the next few weeks. But yeah, bahna. 
Run me the money. And speaking of money, mm-hmm. speaking of money, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Aisha Mahmoud has this thing, ching ching, with like, is the money calling or whatever. <laughs> There's this song. <laughs> or where the money resides. Yeah. Resides. Ching ching, that's the money calling. That's the call I want to receive from Negani. Amen. And on today's episode, that's what we're talking about. It's money matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about the kodo. We're talking about l'argent, dinero, which we need a lot of. Um, but we're yes, looking at this obviously, looking at this obviously from the perspective of um, just women, our relationship with money, but specifically um, around work. So our labor is it paid? Is it unpaid? Um, what do we do to ensure that we're being paid our work's worth? So basically, that's what we want to discuss. And disclaimer, and I think I do this, this disclaimer for all three of us, we don't have that in check yet in our lives. Yes. Yeah. So everything we'll be saying here should be taken with a pinch of salt. I need a life coach, but we also all need money We need coaches. a money coach. We need money coaches that help us to, you know, to, to get that, that part of our lives right. And we're hoping with this episode... Um, we will be digging into what our challenges have been, um, looking at what our transitions have been as well. How are we dealing with that? Mm-hmm. But before we get into the conversation, before you all hear about our struggles, we found a very, very amazing quote, which fits the very discussion that we're going to be having today. And, and it's, it's a-, a quote from Memory Kachambwa. Memory is the director at Femnet. Um, if you know Femnet, if you're, you're an African feminist, you know Femnet is one of the African feminist organizations. Mm-hmm. And Memory is telling us, and I quote, we are not asking for equal pay as a benevolence gesture. No. We demand equal pay for equal work as a fundamental right. In fact, women deserve double pay, reward for productive and reproductive work. It is time to recognize, reduce, redistribute, and pay for unpaid labor, period. Period. Per. And that's on what? Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Me- memory had a little lamb. <laughs> but I think this this is a this is a very apt quote for um, the episode we're discussing today. I know we've had this con- we've been having this conversation for a long time, mm-hmm. especially when people knock on our doors for services um, that we offer. You know, we've had, I think, as recent as last week or so, or even mm-hmm. this week, we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we talk about it um, on Muso because this is where we bring all of our thoughts, right? And so, hmm, what does money mean to you? You answer it, <laughs> You go first. You go first, Jama. What does money and making money mean for you? As But also looking at it from the perspective of being women. You Hadi, answer that, Jama. Go ahead. <laughs> Why are you making me do it? I am the moderator for this discussion, for this panel discussion. Because it's to a point where, like, I'll come with, like, someone has reached out to me for an opportunity, and I get so excited, and the first thing Jama Ngone will ask me is, is it paid? Or even, like, Ramatola will ask me, is it paid? And then I realize, oh, crap, I'm at a point where I can charge for services. But Mm. I am really, 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 really bad when it comes to, like, asking to get paid for my work or even asking for something that's enough. And I know that's something I need to work on. I know that I'm not going to school and collecting all this, like, mm. information and, you know. And the chona and everything. Yeah, <laughs> just to get paid bututs. But I know that it's a it's a big struggle I have. And I think, as women in general, we're raised to not... We, we're raised to try and be people that do not attach too much value mm. to currency. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, as a woman, you're supposed to be giving. You're supposed to just endure and give for the sake of it. Mm. But... If you have expertise and if you you know if you know what you're doing and you know what you should be compensated for you need to ask for it because you'll be even you'll be in a space where you and a guy you probably have more experience than them or whatnot and then they're paying them double what mm-hmm. you're what they're paying you and it's on the basis of biology and mm-hmm. um, I just for me I know I'm trying very very hard to get to a point where I can be comfortable with asking for a certain um, amount for the work that I'm doing and not back down from it I think, honestly, it's only recently, like, um, towards the end of last year that I asked for a certain amount and I stuck to my guns. And I was like, (laughs) if I'm not going to get paid, then I'm not doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's interesting you mention what it looks like for men. And 
it the gender pay gap is mm-hmm. real. We hear this in feminist spaces. We hear it with all of the movements that are looking at economic empowerment for women and in how it ties um, to the gender pay gap, even when the work is equal. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, if we're being honest, it's women doing most of the work as it's well, but being being paid so much less. Um, so, Ngo, what does Halis mean to you? <laughs> what does making Halis mean to you? <laughs> I think at this point in my life, making money or having money is a means of survival. Mm-hmm. Right, that that's where I'm at. I pray to get to a point where making money is a hobby, right? You know, I'm well, I'm just making money. Blah, blah, blah. Does that exist? Point. Is that a thing? I mean, if you're a billionaire, <laughs> a multi-millionaire, at some point, what do you need money for? You're just making it because you're making it. But at this point, I think making money for me is a means of survival of taking care of myself and taking care of my family and my needs and stuff. And um, you know, like Hadi said, it's. For, for a lot of Gambian women or girls, you're not raised to to desire or to want money, right? It's what the men. It? Yeah, it's it's uh-huh. it's boys or men who are raised with the notion that But for us women, for a lot of women, it's not like that's not the same thing that you have. For me, maybe I come from a different background where my dad always insisted on independence and mm. by independence he meant financial independence in a way that you're not even supposed to depend on your sibling your mm-hmm. brother or your sister you're, you're supposed to have something for yourself mm-hmm. and i remember him saying one time that you know you should you should have your independence because for example if you're married and you have no financial independence and then the married the marriage blows up or whatever mm. what are you going to do how are you going to support yourself so because of that for me Financial independence has always been emphasized at home, but at this, at this point, I'm making it to survive. And you know, say you need to make money to. You need money to. You need to have money to make money, right? Mm. That's the thing. You need to have money to make money. And as young women, we're trying to get money, but we don't even have money to make the money that we need. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Go. I'm so glad you brought up the um the the part about marriage mm-hmm. because we were just talking about it right mm-hmm. before coming in about how when um women enter mar- even like even if you're working and you enter a marriage if God forbid you have to get a divorce and honestly divorce I shouldn't say God forbid when it comes to divorce because sometimes mm-hmm. you have to leave these men yep. but um women end up having to come to um end up having to go down a tax bracket. So imagine if you're depending on just one person for finances, if you're not doing anything, be it working outside of the home, being business or being even that your husband was paying you to stay at home, then that that takes away your um, ability to take care of yourself if mm. you have to leave a marriage. Mm. So it's so important to consistently d- to demand more, even if you're not needing it now, but for a certain rainy day or for when it comes to a point where you have to take care of yourself. So it's a survival. Um, it is. It's a it's a pathway to survival. to survival. I think for a lot of people, especially in a capitalist world, mm-hmm. it's it's a pathway to survival. And when you come to women and um, just the disparities that we've been seeing forever, um, it it takes a whole other dimension. Mm-hmm. So in the world of formal work, in the world of informal work, this is all we are seeing. And I know we've been talking about you know it's difficult for me to ask people to or to pay me for my work or to pay what my work is worth because sometimes they do offer pay but some of that pay is an insult (laughs) you know (laughs) and i'm just trying to 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 understand because all of these things have a root right Mm -hmm. so you've mentioned for example the issue of to the extent where not you know and um and and I'm just wondering where where is it coming from you know and what are the things that may have influenced it and I know for all three of us we've literally we're literally professional volunteers <laughs> we've been volunteering all of our lives our services our expertise our time in so many different forms um on so many different platforms and I'm just wondering if that has a link to where we are now and the discomfort we feel when it comes to demanding rightful pay for the work that we do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and especially, I think all of us come from non-profit backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So I think you you get so used to being paid I, measles. Because I know for a fact that I have that issue where if I'm doing a consultancy and a non-profit comes to me, I ha- I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. charging yeah what i what i would even normally charge Mm -hmm. for anything it's like i ask for 
digging, digging, I ask for peanuts compared to knowing mm-hmm. what the work I'm about to do mm-hmm. versus like, you know, what I should be paid for it. I charge peanuts because I'm just so, so uncomfortable with asking um for money. But even then, like, like you said, like, just we're professional volunteers. <laughs> that's the that's the only way to put it. We're absolutely professional volunteers. I think um, if you're looking at it first for the society, where the whole idea of women not having money, where it comes from, and this is my opinion. Don't go and quote me and say Ustas disclaimer. But okay, I think was it last week also? We had this conversation where we were talking about. I think it was on Clubhouse, and someone mentioned you know gender roles and women earning a living and how you're supposed to have your husband's permission to earn a living. You're supposed to stay home. And, you know, that person cited the story of Prophet Muhammad and Khadija, right? And how she was at home and he was working. And, you know, held up them. And I, I, I thought, listen, this woman had her own business. Mm. She was running a huge business. But because she got married to him and she trusted him so much, she handed over her business to him. It wasn't like he asked her mm-hmm. to hand over the business to him. She voluntarily did that. And I believe that was then interpreted to mean that a woman is supposed to stay home mm-hmm. because Khadija mm-hmm. <laughs> was at home and the prophet was the one who was out working and earning a living. And our culture is so mixed with religion to a point where we're unable to differentiate what's mm. culture and mm. what's religion, right? Because mm. if you're a Muslim, for example, Islam tells you you're a woman, you have a right to earn your living yeah. because you're human. Every human being has a right to earn their sustenance. And it belongs to you. And it, and it belongs to you, exactly. And my whatever, money is my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, woman, in Islam, your money is your money. Your husband's money is the entire family's money. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, whatever you earn belongs to you and nobody has a right to take that from you. But somehow women are not taught that in our society. Mm. So from young, like you said, not So from that, you don't grow up desiring money or feeling like whatever you're 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 able to offer, service or work, is has no value, has no intrinsic value, right? So you don't charge. And us being from non-profit backgrounds, like Hadi said, I have the same problem too. If I'm approached by a non-profit for work, I feel very bad mm. asking for what i feel i should be paid right and this is an ongoing struggle that i have and a few weeks ago i had an encounter with a non-profit that approached me for work and i said listen this is how much you're offering but this is how much i feel i should be paid for this work because mm-hmm. i have looked at what you're asking for and i know it would require a lot from me and this is what i want to get paid and they said no we don't have enough funds for that blah 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 and normal me would have said okay it's fine i'll take whatever but at that point i was like you know what i have to stand my ground and i'm not taking the job because i know the value of work that i would produce and this that whatever they're offering does not commensurate with the value of work Mm. that i'll be putting out so i'm not going to take it and Mm. that's a hard thing to do it's a hard point to get but you know i wish a lot of young women would get to that point you know what I've um what the thought just crossed my mind is the fact that like because we do work around gender around violence, mm-hmm. there's an assumption that if you're passionate about it, you should be able to do it for free. Yes, because I know that that's what with the first like big girl mm-hmm. job I had, mm-hmm. that was one thing that was kind of drilled into my head, and I realize now that it was a very manipulative tactic, mm-hmm. where it's like she loves her job so much that she would do it for free. for free so i thought that that was a good thing mm. where i'm like oh i don't care because just because i'm making a change in the world mm-hmm. then i should be able to that should be enough to put me to sleep mm-hmm. but it's like bro bills <laughs> bills don't get paid bills don't get paid and i wanted to come into that because we keep talking about the value of our work mm-hmm. um and i know we've talked about money as uh, a pathway to survival or just having your finances good finances as a pathway to your survival mm-hmm. and the point you raised is really interesting because i'm also thinking of it from the point of you know how they always say you're paid to do this work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so there's that again it's the it's the sword we have in this room and the double edges Mm -hmm. you know and um you begin to ask for pay Mm -hmm. and people feel it's a justification for the things they say you're paid Mm -hmm. to go against our culture Mm -hmm. you're paid to do this you feminists are being paid by the west and stuff Mm -hmm. and then on the other hand um there's the problem that you mentioned your passion is enough for you you know the results that you're getting and I know it's it's been a big problem for me as well. Um, I've, I've struggled with it for so many years. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from the point where you're always told you're doing this to serve your community. Mm-hmm. You understand? But for me, the question is also, 
how is it serving me um, in a way that is not detrimental to who I am? You understand? So how do I ensure I place myself in a position where I am serving community, I am following my passion, but I am also not, I guess, ruining myself or self-sabotaging in a way. And I think it's it's a really hard space to navigate, um, so especially if you... <laughs> no, I mean, it's been really, really hard. I'm moving away from that and understanding that. And it goes to the other point that I wanted to bring up around, you know, maybe you're young and mm-hmm. people feel like you don't have a lot of experiences um, you don't have a lot of skills or you don't have the education per se. You don't have the papers. Mm-hmm. And so they feel like whatever you're doing should be pro bono. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing should be free. It's going to count as volunteer experience on your CV. Mm-hmm. But we need to go beyond that and interrogate that as work. Yeah. Because it is work. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you are learning. Yes, you are young. Um, yes, you may not have 50 years experience. But you're doing work. And mm-hmm. in normal circumstances, work is paid. Mm-hmm. So why are you not getting paid? And I think it can be a really, really messy situation to sometimes be in. Mm-hmm. And probably contributes to why sometimes we are very uncomfortable with demanding pay for our work. So I want to, I just want to clarify what I meant by it's not hard mm-hmm. for me. Because you sit down and then the people that you're working for are driving and you know multi-million dollar multi-million dollar cars and they're they're building homes that are basically mansions and after a while you have to think are they doing it for the for the passion or are they also doing it for the money you know and i i like the comment about activists being well you know not not being able to charge for work that you're passionate about mm-hmm. because this is the hill that people stand on to drag activists right mm-hmm. you're only doing this job to for get money. money from mm-hmm. it Yes, I love this. I love advocating for women. I love fighting for women. But should I not get paid for that? Mm. Like, should I not have a mean, means of sustenance? But mm. you hear that a lot, League. They say, well, everyone wants to be an activist because there's a lot of money in activism. Mm. If there was money in activism, I'd be driving a Range Rover right now. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. But yeah, people believe that if you love something, you shouldn't get paid for it. And I think that's the complete opposite. Your mm. job is a job. Activism is your job but it's also your passion so it being your passion means you're able to give it a hundred and ten percent because you love what you're doing but it doesn't mean you don't deserve to get paid for the time and energy that you're you know using in doing that job i think for me the way i look at it as well and i know we'll go deeper into this um part of the conversation but the way i look at it as well is i am in this space yes my passion is what has brought me here what i really want is better what i really want is change what i want is progress Mm-hmm. In times where I know there's no money, that's okay. I will be there and give it my all. Absolutely. But when like funds are available to pay me, mm-hmm. pay me pay for me. the work that I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think those situations are sometimes what we need to navigate mm-hmm. because then we go on with this culture of oh, I've got it for free, you know, feminist law or activist mm-hmm. law, you know, Lila Mbuga. And it gets to a point where you don't even feel like that person deserves to be paid for the work that they are doing, mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. time that they're putting in, for the effort, but also as they grow, mm-hmm. you know, their expertise and their experiences. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to the whole idea of internships and expecting young people to um, do work mm-hmm. for free. And I think it, it, it's such a gatekeeping tool, mm-hmm. if I can use that word, because only people that are financially well enough to work for free are able to do the job. Yep. So you end up losing so much talent and so much, you know, so many people in the community that know the work they're doing, mm-hmm. but they can't afford to dedicate to yeah, mm-hmm. 40, unpaid 80 hours yeah. every week mm-hmm. to unpaid roles. Yeah. And then all you can give them is, oh, yeah, one day it'll benefit you. Oh, yeah. I'll do your recommendation. Yeah, I'll do your recommendation <laughs> letter. But, like, how am I supposed to survive and how am I supposed to sustain myself? when I'm pretty sure there's enough fun there's some kind of funding available mm-hmm. that you can put towards me making you know, towards me ensuring that I'm doing a good job. Um, it's it's a sticky situation and I think everyone comes out of that mm-hmm. with that sort of trauma. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, it's because then this is what you're taught as well. It's yeah. not just a matter of the person seeing it, but it happening to you also teaches you to sometimes internalize, you know, the idea that you don't need to you don't you don't deserve to ask to be paid yeah and even when you're being paid you get to certain situations where you know you deserve more but you you don't even have the courage because you don't feel like it's right you're not supposed to do it because well this is this and it's not just in the non-profit well i know we're focused on that because that's what our experience is Mm -hmm. but even in businesses even businesses that are for profit and that's Mm -hmm. even what's worse for Mm -hmm. me because with the non-profit situation for example pay might depend on what funds are available right Mm -hmm. but then in a business where 
Yo, you're a business. This is for profit. Mm-hmm. It's making, it's money making. That's mm-hmm. your, that's your purpose. Mm-hmm. You're there to make money. Mm-hmm. So you can't even begin to use that business to say, we're trying to better the community. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're there for. Mm-hmm. And it happens in there as well. And to a point where your staff can't even ask for a raise, for example, mm-hmm. even if they feel like they deserve it. Yeah. They can't even, you know, ask to be paid. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sit on their salaries for whatever, however long you want. Yeah. And, you know, nothing's going to happen, yeah. you know, about it. And yeah. for me, like, that's that's one of the things that we need to interrogate. And it all ties in, again, it's harder for women, of course. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it comes to the point, while and don't around, they're going to tell you, mm-hmm. and the whole gold digger mm-hmm. label as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. stuff. If you're going to work and you say you're employed, obviously you're going there to earn money. So, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, and so um, I think it can be a very sticky situation, especially around what impact it has on people as they grow and as they progress, but continue to be cheated um, because they just don't know different. I think it's it's really good that you mentioned the for-profit world, the mm-hmm. business world, mm-hmm. because I think that is where the worst exploitation in this country happens. I forgot to do a trigger warning for you. <laughs> yes, I was so triggered. I was about to scream because listen... For profits, in, and I've like I've had personal experience with this, and you, yeah, you know, I'm not even gonna go into that. But listen, we have companies that are worth millions and millions and millions of dollars in this country that are hiring young people and paying them peanuts. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the pay scale in this country, everyone just focuses on the government. Why is the government hmm. paying people two thousand dollars? Why is the government doing this? Private companies making millions of profits every year are paying people $2,000, $2,500, and then having the audacity to deduct your salary if you're late or you're absent or even firing you for showing up late or this many times in a week. There is literally... Listen, I'm really, I'm really triggered at this <laughs> point. But, but yeah, but like it, it's and you can't demonic. Even fall on any it's labor demonic. protections, and then all I guess. of you can't fall. Like there's a labor act, whatever. But who's really implementing mm. this labor act? Who does one. it serve? And then two, these same companies would also take on interns, give you work that is meant for a professional, professional, and not pay you for that job. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're an intern. You're still learning. Maybe you're still a university student. University students, you know, you're still in university, so you're not entitled to a certain amount of pay. Mm. It's unfair and it's exploitation. Yeah. People are being exploited in this country in all labor markets, whether it's the non-profit world or the for-profit world. And then, to me, it's worse in the private sector than it than it is in the public sector. Especially if you consider like how much they're how making, much money how they're much making. more they are, and that it's clearly for-profit, and the profits that are coming in are being brought in by these same by people these same that you're people. exploiting. The young people work the hardest, but they do. And I think that whole thing is a lie. That whole thing of oh, you're young, you don't know. It's, it's a, lie. a lie. If I didn't know, you wouldn't put me in that I position. Remember, I remember my internship in the ministry that shall not be named. <laughs> I'll just say it. Ministry <laughs> of Health. <laughs> no, but I remember that I um I was only there for a couple of months. But first of all, people don't work in this country. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. So you there, you're so bored that you're going to different departments asking them for work just so that you can be productive. Yeah. And then like, and I, I'm saying it for me, but I know so many young people that are basically running whatever departments that they're mm-hmm. in. But one, they'll be lucky if they get a stipend. And number two, that stipend, it goes towards fair to get to work. And then eventually enough, their parents will have to give them more money to use for, um, for the work. I think it's oh, time please, to do a that global conversation mm-hmm. on um, like the UN and their internships. Mm-hmm. The UN know, volunteers. And how it, UN volunteers. And how it just, um, how, the, the gatekeeping point you were talking about. Mm-hmm. For example, if I wanted an internship in New York, mm-hmm. for example, I mm-hmm. can't afford mm-hmm. it because it's an unpaid internship. Mm-hmm. And I have a life to live, bills to pay. And mm-hmm. so I need to be within a certain social class yeah. to be able to even accept um, that internship. No, but even even for their paid volunteer work, because I had this experience. I applied for a UNV job, right? Applied for it, interviewed, blah blah blah. They selected me, and when they showed me the <laughs> the offer, when they show, showed me the offer, this was literally half of what I was getting paid at the time. And this was a job that I really wanted to do because it fell within mm. my area of interest, right? And I asked them, okay, is this like the basic salary? 
and there would be benefits. So there are no, it's a volunteer position. So this was basically a job that a UN staff would probably be supposed to do. It, That's what happened. It was a lengthy TOR, no, I, I can right? tell you this from yeah. inter... It's, yeah. it's, it's usually a post. A post. It's usually, a, it should be a full-time post. Mm-hmm. And when they don't find, or they maybe don't have, they don't or don't want, want to. to use the funds for that, yeah. they then find a UNV. Because mm-hmm. that's that's really what's easier. That, that's really what's easier. Yeah. But then you... you, you yeah. Yeah. You're oh, like, like nope. Let this yeah. one go. Absolutely not. Yeah, and the paying the person. I remember when they told me how much they were gonna pay. There was um, someone I was working with, a much older man, like you know, he's well experienced. So I told him, and we had this conversation, and I told him how much they were offering. He said dollars. I said no dollars. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, everywhere in this country, you're getting exploited. Whether it's the non-profit world, international Even organizations, informal government, informal Even sector, the informal everywhere. Especially the informal the, sector, because you can't document. Yeah. The worst ones are, are the households, but that's a whole episode of. Yeah, we'll come to that. And I think that's a good place to go for a break. Um, We're discussing money matters, women and money, and just what that relationship is like. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, reminder, even though you don't need it, you're listening to the Muso podcast. And on this episode, we're discussing money. We're discussing Kodo no. and really what our relationship with money is, especially within the context of our labor mm-hmm. and the value of our work. And um, before we went over for the break, we've just been discussing so many things. I can't do a resume <laughs> of that. Um, oh, but if you've if- also ha- been having your own thoughts around you know, the things that we're discussing, if you've had your own experiences and you'd love to share them, feel free to um, share them with us on social media using our hashtag MusoPod, that's M-U-S-S-O-P-O-D. We really want to hear what those experiences have been because we Mm. feel like we're not alone um, in this journey or in this predicament. So we've talked about our professional activist lives or our professional volunteer lives (laughs) and how we feel uncomfortable charging people for the work that we do, especially if it's coming from like nonprofits that we're affiliated with or that we want to support or who are working on causes that we're passionate about. Um, and obviously now we're big girls. We have responsibilities. With big girl responsibilities. We you know, adult responsibilities mm-hmm. and those responsibilities are not going to take care of themselves. And it's also all of the other, other people's responsibilities that are on your own plate. I think we should do an episode on that, the black tax. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an episode on that. And so for me, it's really how how are we transitioning? I know we we've all talked about how it's really difficult. We're still trying, um, and we're still managing. But how are we transitioning from that place where we feel like we should not demand pay, and by pay I mean financial, you know, for our work, to a point where we're comfortable identifying the value of our work the value of our time and asking to be paid for that. <laughs> I'm not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but I, know, I mean, no, we've not arrived, no, arrived. Honestly, for me, the only thing that has really and truly helped is that every time I, someone offers me an opportunity, I come to y'all, hmm. I go to Nene or I go to Ramatulai because I know for a fact that you people will always tell me you need to charge. <laughs> like, I'll even ask you guys for what amount I need hmm. to charge because I know that if I do not, did not have that, I would still, Mm. I'm still collecting peanuts, but like I would still be collecting less peanuts. Mm. So I think um, 
yeah having someone to go to and also just realizing the worth of your work because we're um i'm I sh- i'm just gonna bring up the fact that today we're talking about how we're kind of special not kind of we are specialists in our areas mm-hmm. but we can't even use that title out mm-hmm. of like i would say fear or out of feeling inadequate and it's that same inadequacy that leads us to want to ask for less mm-hmm. but or not ask at all or not ask at all so I'm just trying to get comfortable with the fact that like I've spent so many years trying to perfect my craft and mm-hmm. that I, sh- I deserve to be compensated for it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, just putting it out there, you guys, my dream car is a, G- is a Mercedes-Benz like AMG 63 GLE Coupe. If anyone wants to buy it for me, buy it for me. If not, then I need to keep working until I can afford it. Yes, sir. She can afford dreams. <laughs> so I think that, that's what I've realized that like it, I'm I'm working really hard for a life that I want for mm-hmm. myself and if I'm not being fairly compensated for it then I will never be able to reach that yeah. life. Liar <laughs> <laughs> How are those legal fees looking like? <laughs> <laughs> but especially for you because you've spent all of that time you know specializing I guess to a point where you know, you can now stand up and say, I am a lawyer mm-hmm. and I have to get paid for my work. How do you, how do you navigate that? I'll just give you two examples to show how well I'm doing with that. First, you, oh, rem- no. you remember that, <laughs> you remember that person I was supposed to ask for that money for? Still Which of them? haven't done it. Oh, Second. <laughs> we'll drag her after this episode. <laughs> Second, um, just this week, someone close family approached me to do some legal work for them. I didn't charge them. So you did it for free? <laughs> because there's a difference between I didn't charge them and I didn't get anything for it. There's levels to this. So confess out. Bobo. So we can drag it. Which one? I that, did it for free. Yes. Okay. We're proud so, of you. So, I'm going in this life. So yeah, this is my confession. That's how I'm doing. But, you know, I'm trying to, to be better at that because, I don't know, I think out of all of us, I am the worst at asking for money for my work like <laughs> i don't know how to do it like i don't know how to do it i really don't and I'm, I'm really struggling with it and you know you know i have friends who are like in the legal sector who are like oh i did this for this person and they did it me i'm just here giving legal advice yeah. for free you call me and i everything but text and i'm like you're such an idiot but yeah so I need that's to do the thing. Where, where do you draw the line between yeah. helping and, you know, not? And I think for me... I th- sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I think um, with that, I think maybe also it depends on what exactly you want me to do, yeah. right? Because if a friend or someone calls me and asks me, what is this or what should I do in this case? Depending on how I gauge it. If it's an issue, let's say, a domestic violence issue that I'm passionate about. There's a 99% chance that I wouldn't ask you to pay me money for mm. me to tell you what to do because mm. I feel like yeah. I feel like it's a duty for me to actually help mm-hmm. you in that circumstance, right? But if someone were to come to me and say, um, "Listen, I need you to help me incorporate this company that's worth blah 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 millions." Yes, I think I would charge. I would Even definitely away charge. from the millions because yeah. that's that's work. You need yeah. that legal knowledge to be able to do to, the incorporation do it, yeah. and stuff. So even if it's it's at one thousand dollars a company at the time, it's still your work that's yeah. going into setting that up. And so um, I think it needs to happen. So yeah, me, I'm the only lawyer in this country who's not charging people money. That doesn't mean come to me. That- do better. I'm just saying. Do I'm just better. driving myself. Me, I'll start coming to you. Do better. And for me, I don't know. It's It's been a real struggle. And I think mine is even worse because I basically have what you call a business, I guess. <laughs> a business I registered in right? 2015. So are you going to charge me for that? Yes, I should charge you now because yes, you, 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 just, you were just young. Letting, you're just letting the business Tell you, you, you were young. You were she was an intern. She exploited <laughs> me. She exploited me. No, the thing is. The thing is, she woke up one morning and said, send me this document, send me that document. Next thing I know, she sent me a business registration certificate. That's what <laughs> happened. So she actually volunteered herself to register linear communication. Because I wanted that company to but I, register. But I think for me, it's been really, really hard. Because even with Lingyar, I've always struggled with coming out to say, I have this business. So every time I'm like, I have a consultancy, I have this, I have that. But I'm doing work. And every time somebody tells me, why don't you publish? I'm like, no, I'm doing a download to build a portfolio. That's the excuse I've been, I've been using for, forever. <laughs> How many times do we tell her? You know, and then I realize all of the work that I do um, with all of the many different things, it's still couched on a lingard. People are coming to me because of that, you know. 
And it's been really hard. Away from just being able to ask people to pay me, I've found it really difficult to charge mm -hmm. people, you know, for work. So I've had people tell me, come and do a communications training for our people. And I just go. And they give me a transport refund and I take it and I leave. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they give me a transport refund and I say, no, you understand? And I realized I had to snap out of that because I also don't want to be like employed by another person forever. I mm. want to be able to really set up Lingen, um communications as a complete company, you know, mm. offering full time and make that my full time because mm. everything I am doing, you know, with this podcast, with um, Rebel Vision, with yeah. Think Young Women, everything that I do within comes outside of, for example, MRC, maybe as my full time. All of it is couched under Lingya. Mm. And so I struggled a lot. I remember this one time a few years ago, I was sitting with a bunch of young entrepreneurs and I was talking about this and they were looking at me like I was nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you not know how to, cha how to charge for the services that mm. you offer? And I realized that people were abusing that a lot mm. and they do it in a subtle manner where they send me a text and say, mm -hmm. and I'm doing full-time editing work mm -hmm. on your material. Mm. I don't get credit for it when you put it out mm -hmm. i don't get paid for it mm -hmm. you know and it happened so many times and i think what cracked me was when i did this whole concept you know for someone that came to seek advice i'm trying to do this but i'm blocked mm -hmm. you know and i shared my idea shared my concept over coffee and then left the next thing i i see it's on tv mm -hmm. you know no credits nothing at all and there was a discussion around how we move but nothing mm -hmm. happened and the next thing i do i see it on tv and i was like you know what I need to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much value in my work, especially working in a sector where it's not very big in Gambia mm -hmm. and you don't find a lot of expertise mm -hmm. and people will continue to exploit me by just sending me a WhatsApp message to say, Hall al Mali, review al Mali, defal al Mali. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I've been trying to change that mm -hmm. and just looking at how other people charge. When I, I feel like I'm afraid to charge, I look at what other people charge elsewhere and I try to fit it within our context. But mm -hmm. it's been hard. I want to add to that because I just remember that I have a business myself. <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> I just remembered that, like, because even because I'm thinking about how when I started with the body butters and stuff, mm -hmm. given how much I spend on ingredients, because I used to do it for free, mm -hmm. I had to, like, literally, people, the ones that were already buying mm -hmm. it were like, why are you charging so little? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Considering, like, they know how many hours goes into it, how mm -hmm. much I spend on products. Because you know, and me, the I don't quality like, of the, the product. quality, because I don't like food and fame, so I'm spending, like, a lot on, like, really raw organic material. Mm -hmm. And if I compare even the price now to what people, are charging for the same amount, the same product, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. But I struggled with that so much that like it literally it gave me so much anxiety that I had to set up a therapy appointment <laughs> about pricing. Can you imagine? Wow, I'm serious. And you paid for the therapy session? Yeah. yeah. And my therapist was like, "Are you char?" She was like, "Have you factored in the amount of hours that it's taking for you to make the products? Mm -hmm. Are you factoring in like the brain power that goes into deciding what goes into even it? marketing, the it. marketing, the research, the research, mm -hmm. all of it?" She was like, "You need to put all of that out." I guess this is a tip for anyone that's running mm. a business, but you need to factor out exactly how much of your mental and physical labor is going into it when mm -hmm. you're making when you're pricing something. Mm -hmm. But it was such a huge issue for me to do that when I'm like, oh my god, like it's my own like because I was doing it for free for so long, mm. where it's like every six months or every year, like I make a huge huge batches for family and friends. So turning and that, to yeah, and, and give more gift. But um yeah, so realizing just I we it's have hard. And I think it's it's important you mentioned the whole work that goes into it. Because a few days ago I saw um one of the Gambian young Gambian women business owners, you know, she's not based in Gambia, she's based in the US and she was talking about how, you know, when you support a a business owner, a small business owner it goes a long way because they do everything for themselves. Mm -hmm. They do production, they do marketing, they handle their social media, they do their labels, they do their shipping, they do the, everything they're doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's one person doing it mm -hmm. until they get to a point where maybe they could hire help mm -hmm. um, to be able to support them. And I think sometimes when we cost, we don't even cost mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And there's this quote also that says, okay, there was this joke, I guess, where 
was it a plumbing problem in the house or something and then they called the plumber to come and fix it mm -hmm. I was like for fixing it I'm charging you one dollar but mm -hmm. for knowing exactly what to fix I'm charging you the extra nine hundred and ninety nine dollars mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so it's how do we value our expertise how mm -hmm. do we value our experiences because mm -hmm. it's not just about the one work that you're doing in that moment it's mm -hmm. everything that you have done to arrive at the point where you are the one who's chosen as the one able to to do that work mm -hmm. so I still need some help with regards pricing my work and you know just giving it the value mm. um, it deserves and demanding to be paid that way but hopefully we'll get there <laughs> and me with um with the with C's um I usually will employ like my sister or my cousins to help and you don't pay them no I do <laughs> I pay more mm. than I make yeah because I'm thinking like I can't unfairly like compensate them even if I have to struggle, at mm. least let me pay them enough to know that, like, you know, their work is appreciated. But you're mm. not factoring what you're paying them into the final prices. No, that you I'm not So that's where the problem yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not factoring that at all because I'm giving, like, I pay a lot. <laughs> I don't want to say how much I pay. <laughs> <laughs> I can mix things. things. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, what I pay, I don't make it. <laughs> But like I'm thinking, cause I'm like, okay, if you're if you're cutting the labels and you're doing this and you're doing that, like I feel so bad, cause mm. I'm like, there's no way I'm taking up five hours of your time today, and I'm giving you what, like I'm not, I need to pay you way more than minimum wage, cause it's not minimum wage work if I can't do it for myself. Mm. It's interesting. Do you feel that way because of how you felt undervalued and underpaid, and so you don't want to carry that forward? Is yeah. is that where that is big, coming from? Big time, and I think we're so used to exploiting people we love. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, oh, because you're my family, you're meant you're to do what this I for me. Yeah, because even with my cousins, like when my aunt found out how much I pay my cousin, she's like, you're like, I'm like, that's not the point. If she's taking her time and she's coming and she's doing this for me, I need to show her that it's it's valued because mm -hmm. it's not something I want to do for myself. So if that's why even I'm thinking with house helps with all of that. If you're if the work you don't want to do it for yourself, what makes you think it's okay to pay someone two thousand or less a month? The thing about house helps reminds me when I was recently looking for a house help and the person told me how much they were charging because it would have been a lot that they would be doing, and I told the. You bought it and mm. I told the person that oh this is how much they're charging and the person said well I would never pay a house help that much money and I said to them I would never accept to be paid that for <laughs> like mm -hmm. I would for never take it for all the work yep. because I know what that, that, that work, work entails it's mm -hmm. difficult and I would never accept mm -hmm. that kind of money for that kind of work so why would I be comfortable paying that person that amount of money like no but it comes down to the thing where Gambians generally don't value skill mm -hmm. that work but skill the skill mm -hmm. it takes yeah. to do things we don't value it at all we have very very little respect for it we have an electrical problem the person comes unscrews something fixes it but it takes a lot of years a lot of practice mm -hmm for that person to get to that point where and they can do well, it in a year a lot of money for the person to do it in a way that makes it look so simple right mm -hmm. and i think it happens to all of us it happens to me sometimes sometimes someone would charge me and i'd be like forgetting what it took for that person to get there and i think that's something we should constantly remind ourselves of that it takes a while for someone to develop a skill yeah. and whatever you know with with certain jobs if you're applying for a job based on the number of years of experience that mm -hmm. you have that determines how much you get paid exactly. for that job somebody and who ha are, yeah, yeah. And, and, and what level you're on so that's how we should always look at things if somebody is doing a job that they skill that they've been doing their whole life you should pay them the value of their work if mm -hmm. you can afford it and if if you can't afford to negotiate if you can't come to terms let them go but don't yeah. underpay mm -hmm. someone Someone when you can afford to pay them the right thing. I think the other thing, and that's important, mm -hmm. when you can afford to pay them, okay. especially if you can afford to pay them more, but mm -hmm. still hang on to the only oh, lender for everyone. Oh, wow. This is what everyone does. I think if we latch on to that mentality, nothing's going to change. Mm -hmm. We're still going to see people who are living in a perpetual cycle of poverty. Mm -hmm. And it goes on generation after generation because they're being unfairly um, compensated for their work. They're being exploited. Mm -hmm. And that goes on right to their children and mm -hmm. their children's children. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, we've been talking about like the skill, the years you put into it, you know, and even though it's a difficult one, mm -hmm. what is your work worth to you? Hello. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is your work worth to you? Hello. So obviously it's not to say it's worth two million for me because you can't really. I don't think you can even put a yeah. You mm-hmm. can quantify in in monetary terms or give it a figure. But what is your work worth to you? Now I see, because um, again, just thinking about that quote about how like I spend one second here mm. and then it cost me this. Because mm. I'm just thinking about, <laughs> I had a bathroom issue. The plumbing was not working. The plumber came 30 seconds. It was done. Yep. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. So I'm just also thinking about me in terms of like, remember the, um, mm. the project that I was doing last year and then mm-hmm. they offered me like something that I knew that they had more of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said no. I was like, find someone else to do it. I'm broke. I need money consistently. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also... I th- it's so important to know what you're capable of doing and what um just you know what you're worth mm-hmm. and once you do it's so important not to back down even if it means losing one or two projects mm-hmm. you should know that at the end of the day you're doing what's best for you and your ethics and your integrity yeah. I think for me you know like you can't put a certain monetary value to it but in the past two three years right mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity of working with a lot quite a few like senior lawyers and I've worked with them on consultancies and stuff and based on the way that they've regarded my work or appreciated my work it has made me realize that I'm actually good at what I'm doing right. and that there's actually excellent yeah there's there's great <laughs> humble for what so even there's, those values yeah it's about how you value your work how you value and, and for me it made me realize that at this stage in my life my work is worth Thousands of dollars. Yes. Hundreds of thousands. Thousands. Yes. Oh, millions. Yes. Yeah. I'm not. If you say millions, it could be dollars. I'm talking about dollars. Like I'm talking about thousands of dollars. Of dollars. Yeah. It will rack up to the millions. Yeah. We're not like, we're not like, we're not like full like but we want to top life small too. No, but, no, but, but like I said, I'm qualifying yeah. at this stage where I'm just beginning in my professional career. And I believe, you know, as I go forward, as I learn more and get more experience, get more qualifications, my work is going to be wor- mm. worth a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. So yes, we have to know how much you, your work is worth. And I think because of um, the opportunity I had to do these jobs and knowing how much my work is worth that was why when that um, non-profit offered that amount of work yeah. for that i was like no i can't take that because mm-hmm. literally I, I know what standard i'm of, of work i'm going to produce and that's not what it's worth yeah. and it's think- reminding me about that one um with the african commission mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna name them because that was really disrespectful i just mm-hmm. i still get pissed about it when i when i hear it you know, and you're offering me an amount and I said, this is what I'm charging. Mm-hmm. And I even go down because then it wasn't just going to be about me. And I think that's what they usually think. They hear all of these big names and you think people are just going to jump, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the response of, oh, it's because she has another job. This is, an, this is an opportunity. Imagine having this on your CV. I have already worked for what's on my CV. Mm-hmm. I don't need your consultancy to, you know, to put anything on my CV. Mm-hmm. I have the UN on my resume, if that counts for anything at mm-hmm. all. You know, so I am charging you because of what my work is worth, because of the quality I'm giving you, but also mm-hmm. because go try and find somebody else who's going to give you the quality of work that yeah. I'm giving you, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it was so disrespectful to me. Like I felt so disrespected. Mm-hmm. I felt so angry and I was like, I'll probably never do work with these people because what you're essentially telling me is that you don't value my work. Mm-hmm. You really just want somebody who's going to come and do this stuff, but you don't feel like I... I deserve to stand in a position where I can tell you no. Mm-hmm. What you're giving me is small, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to take it because I feel like I deserve better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they do this a lot with that whole, mm-hmm. it will look good on your resume. Who will look good on your resume? If your CV did oh, look good right now, exactly. they will have concept, you. exactly. You're coming you to me for a reason. There's a specific reason why you're coming to me. So I'm not, at this point, to be honest, I'm not doing work for my CV. No, and it's mm-hmm. so important. I, I am not doing work for my CV. There are two motivations for the work that I do. Is fulfillment in regards to how I contribute to progress in society mm-hmm. and the financial gains I get mm-hmm. to improve my life. These no, are the two so, main motivations so for why I do work. It is so important because they do that a lot. Because it's the um, I had that issue too with a different organization mm-hmm. who shall not be named, but um, it was the whole thing of oh, you know, if you do this project for us, then these other organizations will will contract you if the work is good enough for this, this and that. So just think about that versus like what we're offering you right now. And I was like, no. So they did the same with me. It's like, oh, this is a first step. We can yeah. build a relationship. Sure, sure. I, I'm I not going no. to build a relationship that a relationship is based on exploitation. exploitation. Yeah. Not just exploitation, but demeaning my value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and lessening my value. I don't want that relationship. No. You can keep all of your opportunities. Yeah, I straight up, I said, I said, no, I'm not doing yeah. it. They were like, well, there's other people we can give it to. I said, give it to them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
there's always going to be people who accept yeah, it anyway. Like, fine. And, and I think that contributes to the exploitation as mm-hmm. well because they always know somebody's going to accept less. Yeah. You know, but is that somebody going to give you the quality of work? Yeah. And, and that's where the discomfort comes in and working towards being comfortable with saying no and 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 saying this is what I believe my work is worth. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to pay me that, then find somebody else i'm sure you'll find somebody else who who will do it yeah. but this is what my work is worth and yeah. this is how much i am demanding yeah. and so obviously it's a struggle for all of us and understanding where to draw the line um uh, but this is also this thing i do for a lot of non-profits i never charge because mm-hmm. i understand what that sector is like in gambia mm-hmm. they don't have money to pay you <laughs> so simply yeah some of them don't have money to pay you you know but even for them like where there is funding I'm always like if you show me that when you have funding to pay me you're still not going to pay me I'm not going to continue doing no. free free work mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. you know but if it is uh, an entity that I know can definitely pay me and you're just choosing not to pay me I'm also thinking about why are you moving around with those thoughts why do you feel like it is okay for me to do work for you mm-hmm. and for you to not pay me mm-hmm. because then it tells me you simply don't value me as a person mm-hmm. you don't value me as an expert and so I really don't need to be working mm-hmm. with you and so I guess over the course of this whole last part we've been sharing tips but when we do these difficult conversations we like to leave with um some of the tips around how we are navigating you know this situation do you have any that you could leave for especially younger women but also older women who still struggle with this on how to value your work yeah. how to create a certain worth as far as monetary monetary value is concerned and more importantly how do you demand Pay. Can I sit this one out? No. <laughs> Go ahead and let's start with you. Exactly. Because I have nothing to say. That's why I want to sit it out. I'm also waiting for tips. But well, you've been transitioning though. Yeah. So but, yeah. what, what are things that maybe you've been learning? Sometimes it may not work, but sometimes it actually works for certain purposes. So. I, okay. I think honestly, um, I've, yeah, like you said, I've been transitioning in the past three years yeah i've been transitioning from one job into another and what i've learned is that my work has value and if you're not going to pay me the value of my work or even attempt to compensate me for work that i've done Mm -hmm. then i don't think you have my ultimate best interest at heart and i need to be somewhere where my work would be valued Mm -hmm. because i have to give an example where i had two simultaneous two jobs at the same time and with one i did a lot of work a whole lot of work and i saw how my boss at that place valued my work to a point where he went out of his way to make sure that i was paid an honorarium for all the long hours Mm -hmm. and when he was um, paying me that money what he said to me was i know like you deserve so much more Mm -hmm. but it's unfortunate that given the circumstances of the situation i can't approve payment beyond this but if it were up to me i would have paid you double what i paid you Mm -hmm. and that made me realize that it's important to work with someone who values your work Mm -hmm. and after that i worked with someone who on a consultancy asked me to help out i agreed to help out and when it came time for payment the person told me this is how much i charge them i'm splitting it in half and paying you half Mm -hmm. because you helped me out and i was shocked Mm -hmm. because that was the first time I had helped with other consultancies with other people, but that was the first time that that had happened that someone, a senior person has said to me, I'm going to split my pay in half with you because you have done a lot of work on this. Mm-hmm. And I think that is it. You have to surround yourself with people mm-hmm. who value your work and who would pay you fairly. Yeah. And get yourself friends who will tell you, is it paid Fair, work? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that <for> too. <laughs> so I think for me, um, I'm starting to have fixed rates. Mm-hmm. So, um, depending on also depending on it's a nonprofit or just knowing what the company earns, mm-hmm. um, I have fixed rates. I don't care that I know you. I don't care that your mom and my mom went to school together. It's mm-hmm. not my business. My business is the fact that this is what you make and this is what you can afford to pay me. And even like um, if you want to give family and friend, if you want to do work for family and friends, have a if you want to have a discount, specify what the mm-hmm. discount is. Specify that okay, this is what I normally charge, but this is my discount for you, so mm-hmm. that they know exactly um what the thing is. Because at the end of the day, like it needs to, it, it's your work. If you choose to do it for free, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to charge, make sure that it's consistent across the board. If you want to do discretion too, but just let it be known that this is what your fee is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also, um, for certain stuff like with 
writing or with something that I know that's gonna be paid later, mm-hmm. I ask for a percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever is made, this is the percentage that I'm asking for with any, you know, royalties or whatever mm-hmm. you wanna call mm-hmm. it. This is a certain percentage that I'm going to have from it even if it's not coming out now. Mm-hmm. So those yeah, are so three secure tips. the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's the, the combination of what you have shared. Obviously, being in spaces where people remind you, you know, that your work has value and that it's okay to demand um, monetary pay mm-hmm. for the work that you do beyond the opportunities it comes with, beyond the doors it opens, that you also, on top of all of that, you deserve to get paid because it is work. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing for me, like Heidi said, is having fixed rates and going beyond that when people come to me you know, like I said, with the WhatsApp thing, or you just send me an email and stuff, I send you an invoice right away, you know, so I have invoices that I've designed and I keep them, I price it, sometimes maybe the price is too low, Mm -hmm. but I send you an invoice, and the invoice is basically to signal to you that I'm not doing this work for free, Mm -hmm. and one thing I've also been trying to do, I have this, and I know I'm able to do this because I can afford to have that email personalized for Linga Comms. And when you come to me with work, I tell you, send it to Linga Comms. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you send it to Linga Comms, I follow that up with, with an invoice. And you know right from the start that this is something that you should be paying for. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's also um, just trying to understand how much, you know, people are charging for the kind of work that I do. Mm-hmm. So, well, obviously, you can't charge certain amounts in Gambia that are being charged in the U.S. because the markets are just not the same. Mm-hmm. But I try to find figures that are fair for mm-hmm. me, but also fair within the context which I find myself. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, it depends on who's asking. It depends on who's hiring. It's the, it depends on who's seeking your services. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like those are my tips. A lot of learning still, mm-hmm. but also a lot of unlearning around um, just my relationship with money and how I feel like I continue, I need to continue serving. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was also tied to the fact around what would people say if they find out I'm not helping. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's help, but there's also helping yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think this really falls in the category of helping yourself. Because um, I realized very quickly that I can't build linear communications into what it should be if I continue to do work for free. Yeah, and you can't help down the line if exactly. you're not accepting exactly. pay for it. No. And, and for me, like the idea for Linga has always been sort of like a social enterprise thing. Mm-hmm. So you're making profit, but some of it is going back to support yeah. um, the, the, the work that you do around your, your ad- advocacy, your activism, your organizing. So those are some of the tips. Obviously, we need some tips as well. Um, so if you're <laughs> listening to this, you could share mm-hmm. and we would absolutely be able to learn from them. And so on that note... We are moving on to, I guess, our favorite segment. <laughs> my name is Mahadi Sisa, so more my favorite, just because I'm mad somebody didn't choose me as their mentor. Wow! wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was so but, violent. But I'm not a violent somebody. I'm a mentor. I'm science. When we were at MRC, I almost snapped, and I was like, it's bring your mentor to you. <laughs> I told you, God got me. <laughs> but we're, we're getting into Muso of the week. And obviously, you know, we always choose our Musos based on what we're discussing. And so, Nengone, since she's the one that keeps not asking for Deflecting. her money, that keeps doing work for free. Deflecting. Tell us who our Muso of the week is. So, <laughs> don't mind them, you guys. I've changed. I'm a changed person. But, you know... Um, for this week, um, we decided to go a special route because we believe that there are a lot of women who are employing other young women in this country and are paying them fairly for their job. I know this is very rare, but it's happening. So we're throwing our muscle of the week back to you. If you're a young woman and you've been hired by another woman and she's paid you fairly for your job, please add her or mention her on the Muslo pod hashtag and give her a shout out as your Muso of the week. We would do the same as well. We would share mm-hmm. our individual Musos of the week based on the relationships, the working relationships we've had with them. But we are really interested in looking forward to who you choose. And don't forget to tell us why that person is your Muso of the week. Hashtag Muso pod. Um, and even if it's not someone that's paying you well, just someone who's been helping you when it comes to financial literacy mm-hmm. and uh, management in itself and telling you that you deserve more. So someone who's been pushing you to ensure that you're making what you deserve. So mm-hmm. even if it, if they're not the ones paying you, what you need to be paid. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking forward to discovering your musos. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much for tuning in. And as usual, don't forget to send us your questions and your feedback 
on hashtag MusoPod. We'll be looking out for them. And as always, if you want to call us, B plus, reach us, whatever, <laughs> our socials. Did she say B, B plus? I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking wow. the Kim Possible theme song, call me, beep me, if you want to reach me. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Muso Podcast, at M-U-S-S-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T absolutely wonderful conversation we hope when we leave this room we'll be better with our money matters as women um great opportunity to thank right click for supporting us through this production um and thank you thank you for listening thank you for taking this journey with us we'll be back here again Mm -hmm. next monday with another new episode of muso podcast have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye, y'all. Ching, ching. That's the money calling. We love the money. <laughs> Go where the money resides. <laughs>